Welcome back to Tea Time Podcast, your new home for sports news, entertainment, and mind-numbingly painful things. Mm-hmm. What is this, Gary? Mm-hmm. Gary. <laughs> Gary, we got miracles. Two miracles on Monday that we need to address. Let's hear Well, first off, I won my first bet in podcast history. South Dakota State oh. got the dub, a win they didn't deserve. The rest handed them the game. But that's not it, Gary. More importantly, Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Texas Tech Red Raiders. First win in conference play. Miraculous 20-point comeback against Iowa State on Monday. It's what dreams are made of. That's right. Me and the Texas Tech fans were rolling right now. We were on 10. That's right. We needed this. I like it here. Yep. Anyways, on today's episode of Tea Time, we'll start with some NFL news, uh, move into MLB, the rule changes to affect the 2023 season, then dig into some college hoops, lots happening this week, and then end the show with our play of the day. So with that, quiet on the tea, please. It's time to get started. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. And the GOAT has officially retired for the second year in a row, this time claiming it is his last Tom Brady is done playing football in the National Football League. No, he's not. Well, he is done playing in the National Football League, but he's not retiring. He's pranking us again. Here, let me just stop you right here. Let me just tell you, the way he said he used up his lo- his one and only long, drawn-out speech about retirement last year, I actually loved that in the video. I thought that was classic. Yeah, that was pretty respectful of him to say, because if he went on a tangent again, I think I would have not watched right. the video. Yeah, I agree. Crazy. Seven and three in the Super Bowl. That first of all, seven Super Bowls by a quarterback, that won't be broken. I do never see a quarterback winning seven Super Bowls. I just do not see that happening. So pretty wild. Yeah, the GOAT's done. You don't think he's retiring, retiring? What's no, he doing? What's he's his next not adventure? Done in the professional sports game. Because let me tell you something. He was a good baseball player back in high school. Uh, so good that he was drafted in the 18th round in 1995 by the Montreal Expos, who no longer exist. They became the national or the Washington Nationals in, like, 2000-something. Anyways, the scouts said he probably would have went in the second round, but since he already committed to Michigan, like, he didn't obviously dedicate himself to baseball. So the Expos drafted him anyways in the 18th round in 1995. So as of right now, he's technically a free agent in the MLB. And Well. No, he is. He's a free agent in the MLB. You can't tell me that he's not. I mean, I guess if you want to look at it that way, I'm, he sure is. That, I'm sure that his name's not in the system. He could sign with a team. I'm not kidding. He actually can. He could sign well, with a team. I swear to God. The Toronto Blue Jays are going to swipe in and pick yes, him up? Yes, they are. And you know why? Because allegedly, he was an all-star left-handed, um, left-handed batting left catcher. Left-handed. Yeah. Yeah. And the Toronto Blue left-handed. Jays. Left-handed. Yes. He did not throw the ball left-handed. No, batted. Batted. Left-handed Oh, okay. Batted. Okay. No. Okay. 
And the Toronto Toronto Blue Jays have spent most of this offseason with their trades. They're picking up right or left-handed batters because they're so right-hand heavy, and they just get abused by that. Like last year, they didn't have any diversity in their lineup. Guess who's coming to Toronto? Guess who's going to Canada? Can you imagine Tom Brady swinging the wood Think about right it. now trying to hit him at? Oh, my gosh. That would be hilarious. Alejandro Kirk is a great catcher, but he only plays like 140 games. So who's going to fill Tom in Tom Brady... Is not going to bend down behind the plate. He's a 22. He can do it for 22 games, Gary. Yes, he can. He absolutely can. He is going to the Toronto Blue Jays. He didn't even want to get pushed over in the NFL, let alone bend over and catch 90-something mile-per-hour fastballs from pitchers. He don't care. He's got that dog in him. He he looks like Slenderman right now. He's unhealthy looking. <laughs> he doesn't care about his body. He'll be fine back there. He he cares about his body a lot. The no, Brady no. twelve method. Oh, why do you think he played so long in the NFL? He's no, but gonna, it's not uncommon for all these big time, uh, you know, QBs being drafted. It's gone on for since Brady. Brady was drafted. You know, Russell Wilson was drafted. Kyler Murray. I mean, that's just the like two most recent ones and three come to my head. There's a lot of QBs that go drafted right. Oh yeah, you know go. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah. I mean, hey, maybe you're right. Maybe you know, Tom Brady is retiring. No, I'm Wink. right. We'll see him in the show this year. <laughs> I would love it. Me too. Well, he would benefit from some of these rule changes then. Being a left-handed batter, that ban of the shift. Hey. He, he hits he bombs, find- though. Have you seen the video of him hitting one out in Fenway? <laughs> no. I swear to God. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's like- after they... They were throwing him meatballs, but he did wrap one out. That was after they won won one of their Super Bowls, wasn't it? When uh-huh. they did their little parade there, yeah. Is yeah. that the same uh, when uh, Gronk bunted it with bunted the ball with the oh, Lombardi Trophy know. and dented it? I don't I'm think not, it was. No, I think that is classic. Yeah, no, I don't think it was that time. But no, yeah, I think it was a while. Yeah, Tom Brady to the show. Tom Brady's coming to the NF- MLB. Mm-hmm. You heard it here, Giselle. Let him come play MLB. He's not in the NFL anymore. Yep. And if Giselle needs a shoulder to cry on. Is he going to get her back? Maybe. His biggest comeback isn't going to be, be on the field. It's going to be his wife. He's going to be getting his wife back now. Yeah, no. No, he doesn't care about his family either. He's going to the show. <laughs> well, let's talk some rule changes. Get out of this little topic of discussion. So, three rule changes. Oh, I guess. Yeah, the three new rule changes implemented. Shift, ban, larger bases. Pitch clock, all come to the MLB. And Pretty the pickoff big. limit, my favorite, personally. Well, that has something to do with the timer, doesn't it? That has something to do with the pitch timer. A kind of. It just, like, it's trying to speed up the pace. So now you can't have, like, yeah. Chris Flexen and uh, Jameson Tyung sitting there and throwing 30 balls to first base and one at bat. So it limits right, it to that has- two. You can throw two. You can attempt to pick off or step off the mound twice. And then you can try for a third pickoff attempt. But if you don't, like if the the runner's safe, it's automatically a balk. So that's like that'll be interesting to see how many pitchers take that gamble, which I'm excited for, and it'll just speed up the pace of the game. I hate when there's like four pickoff attempts. Yeah, when or when they sucks. just keep stepping off for yeah, no good so reason, annoying. just to, so annoying. Yeah. So I'm pumped up with that one. Yeah, it has. It did speed up the pace for uh, the minor league games that they put these in effect for. All these uh, rule changes that are not just coming out of the blue, obviously. Um, they were tested and tried in 8,000 minor league games dating back to last. Tested and yep, proved. Dating back to last season. Uh, that's equivalent to three and a half major league seasons. So they're, they're effective. Now, one thing is this pitch timer, it was different 
it's a little bit adjusted coming from the minor league up to MLB. In the minor league, they tested the uh, 14 and 18 seconds, and MLB upped it to 15 and 20. And when I say 15, 15 seconds between pitches, there's a 15-second timer with the bases empty and a 20-second timer with runners on base. Now, at the last check, the pitch timer has reduced the average time of the minor league games to about by about 26 minutes. That's substantial. It also has increased stolen base and base attempts obviously right i mean that goes to your pickoff portion of it if they you know if they know a pitcher only has two disengage disengagements they limit their disengagements these runners are going to start toying with them to get them to disengage right and then that gives them their chance to get that better jump oh, yeah and whatnot so it'll be interesting to see how it actually comes out and works I'm so pumped. All these rules are just offense like promotion, and I love it. It's just going to be such a better rule. The shift ban is going to be huge. And I if love You don't it. like the shift ban. I love you it. You hate joy. You give kids toothpaste on Halloween. You are no fun. It is going to be amazing. So many more base hits. It's going to increase. I think it's way better defensive plays. You're going to have way more web gems. It's going to be so sweet. I mean, it it makes sense too, right? Like that's going to favor a lot of lot of hitters in the MLB like you see some of the craziest shifts ever oh, for sure were happening with these left hand like like Devies Devies was getting a fat shift put on him yeah I mean yeah because his spray chart was so heavy right <coughs> that one right. side and so now yeah you got two guys who can try to fill those holes I, lo- I really like that that's probably my favorite rule change of all three is the shift ban, which I don't know. Is that is, is that your favorite? No, I like the pickoff limit. I think that one's I think gonna that's going to dice up some things and we're going to see how how that plays out. So, I guess let's let's see the I guess let's talk about the shift ban and in the actual knit, knit and grid of it. A minimum of four players have to be on the infield. So, that's yeah, so Be that's saying for people that might not watch bunch of MLB is a lot of these teams, they do some crazy shifts where they'd only have sometimes even three or two players in the infield. Most times you see the third three in the infield on a left-handed batter, and they'd put their second baseman playing like shallow right. And so he's playing that deep, and then they hit a ground ball hard right between second and first, and it would go to that guy in the outfield, and he'd still throw him out. So all four have to be in the infield. Two infielders completely on either side of second base. So that means they can't load up one side with three and keep the one on the one. They have to have two infielders completely on either side of second base. So Mm -hmm. it's supposed to increase batting average on balls in play, obviously. Allow infielders to better showcase their athleticism. Show them their their range of motion, what they could do. Get on the ground, get some dirt on those jerseys. It's going to show who's the good pitchers, too. Who's dealing, who's not. Yeah, dealing. they can't, can't get those little cheesy hits, too. Like, you know, like they put all three on the yep. right side of the second base and the lefty would just try to bunt it down and then they'd walk right to first. Yeah, yep. I like that a lot. So the league-wide batting average in 2022 was 291. That's six points lower than in 2012 and 10 points lower than in 2006. So we're going to find out if that is going to continue to drop or... Will it go up? Is it going to bounce it up heavy, you think? Oh, yeah. It's, are you kidding me? Think about all the no, one-baggers that are just I agree. routine plays. No, I agree. I agree that it's going to go up, but I don't know how much because think about how many of think about oh, how I many outs were made because of the shift, though, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what's no, going to No, it'll go up. I, th- I think it'll up. go up, too. It's going to be better for, uh, you know, get the sport back in. In the fun, in the fun yep. range, not these little boring outcomes where players can just shift and usually get an out. And just a sneak peek of something I'm planning to do in the future once the season starts, MLB 
has an app it's called MLB Play, and on it they have a game called Beat the Streak. And what you do is you pick one to two batters every day to just get a hit. That's all they need is one hit. And then you just like build a streak off that. So you just as long as the one to two batters you pick that day gets a, gets a hit, uh, you carry your streak on. But if the batter doesn't get hit that day, you go back to zero. I hope they do it again this year because if you make it to 56, which is the all-time longest streak that any batter's had, you get $5.6 million. No one's ever done it. It's ran for 10 years. I've done it for like three years, and I've never made it past 15. It's extremely hard. But I was thinking about doing a competition this year with a little buy-in, and then winner takes all whoever has the longest streak at the end of the season. So hopefully they continue that. I don't know if they will with this because someone's winning this I don't, year. Mm. There's got to be. Someone made it to like 45 last year. There's been people in the 50s years previous. Uh, there's going to be way more hits this year. I think someone's taking home that five points. So in other words, Jared's going to be donating into a pot that you could take if if yeah. you're if you're going to do yeah. that. I mean, it's only going to be a couple bucks, but it's going to be hilarious. Yep. Yeah, so tell your friends and tell your well, friends. Also in that, I, I read the infielders, if they're not aligned properly, the offense... So the batter can choose an automatic ball or the result of the play. So I want so teams that might really? be able to challenge that. Is that like something where a coach can be like, oh well, look at this. This guy, you know, it's gonna it could get really dicey where mm-hmm. they're gonna because you know teams are gonna play that right on the line. They're gonna try to get that. You know, it, it'll oh, be yeah. interesting to see. Um, I like that. So for the third and final rule change, that goes to the larger bases. Now, sounds. Yeah, which is yeah, good, too. And it sounds like not a big deal, and I wouldn't say it's a massive deal. It is a big deal in player safety. So bases will go from 15 to 18 inches, and for first base, all that three inches will be added to the inside of the bag, right? Because the outside of the bag lines up with the foul line. That gives yep three inches of extra space to that first baseman to avoid collisions, make him make a play on the ball when a ball's coming his way, you know, from an infielder throwing it over to first it it it's yep. way better for player safety, you know, a slight maybe advantage to or more stolen bases, a slight. That's because the that's because the distance between shorter yeah, that's because the distance between first and second is going to decrease by four and a half inches. You get that three inches, then one and a half on this side, then one and a half between second and third, so four and a half inches the other mm-hmm. way too. I mean, could be it'll oh equal yeah. out though because there'll be more outs. Oh yeah, at first. well and like you'll have well and. That four and a half inches, like that, that coincides with the play with that pitch timer too, right? So it gives mm-hmm. that runner now gets an, a slight advantage or could take advantage of that pitch timer and the pickoff rule, and then also take advantage of the shorter base path. I'm yep. pumped to see how many stolen bases that are going to be attempted this year, and I'm going to see we're going to find out who's the real deal yeah, behind stolen bases are so oh fun they're the too. best. And they were slowly give me that talk. Time, so Thank you, Kyle Schwarber and MLB, giving us that free taco from Taco Bell. Gotta <laughs> love that. That's one of the best promos in yeah. all of sports. Did you cash in no, on that this I year? I forgot. I didn't. Any final words on the rule changes, Jer? Uh, not a rule change. Well, I guess kind of the balanced schedule that's coming to twenty twenty three. Oh yeah, that's you know what? That's amazing. It's such a good thing. Are you as a Dodgers fan? You're pumped for that. I was actually going to ask. I have was actually going to go the other way with you and saying you've got to be absolutely ecstatic because Boston can't get their teeth kicked in by Toronto yeah, and the it's Yankees huge. every game. And then we can go run over teams like the Colorado Rockies and the Arizona Diamondbacks like you get to do. Oh, my one. gosh. It's huge. Are you it's joking huge. me? No, I swear to God. What are, what are, what are the Dodgers going to do now when they can't play AAA teams all season? Okay, long? well. 
our AAA teams is what you're considered in the it's AL East. Just because you're considered a AAA team? No, we're not. What? Clear. Good things. So, obviously, we're talking about in-division games. That This new schedule realigns. It drops from 76 division foes, so the Dodgers and the NL West, Instead of playing every team a total of 76, well, not every team, each 76 times, but a total of 76 times, they will now play each other 52 times. So the divisional foes, they'll play each other in four series, 13 games total between the two. or Yeah, between those two teams. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge reduction in in-play division. But yeah. now you get the ge- geographic rivalries. And when I say geographic rivalries... Angels and Dodgers will play each other more. Red Sox will get the Braves. You'll see the, uh, obviously, the Mets versus the Yankees. That always happens, but the Subway Series will happen a couple more. Love the oh, Subway amazing. Series. Love it. Also, you get teams that never play each other. Mookie Betts, since yep. being traded to the Dodgers in 2020, has not returned to Boston. This will be, this year will be his yep. first time coming back to Boston. Awesome. I cannot wait. It's, it. you know what else? It's huge, it's, yeah huge going back to not having to play your division rival because Jared thinks the NL West is just cheeks and the Dodgers beat up on them. Okay, going from 76 divisional games to 52, that's 24 more wins for the Boston <laughs> Red Sox and probably the New York Yankees and the I will, Blue Jays. Oh, my gosh, Jared. That's crazy talk. Like, that's a that, free 24. That is absolute crazy talk, and you know it is. No, that's facts. I checked it myself. Well, since that 76 to 52, it impacts wildcard races, right? So now with the three-team wildcard, these teams that are battling for that wildcard position, most of the time, I don't want to say most of the time, but some of the times those teams have more favorable matchups end of the year, right? So like Jerry would say, so if the Dodgers were competing for a wildcard spot, then they usually play Colorado at the end of the year and they played them 20, you know, 20 whatever times throughout the year, like those are quote-unquote free wins, which they're not. But I do say it, it definitely has an impact and has a positive impact, which is a great thing, and it'll be interesting to see wild card. It'll get even more dicey, and it's always dicey as it is. Yeah, it's going to be terrific. It's going to be terrific. With another change on that, which this is awesome, every team will play on opening day, and every team yep. will play on the 4th of July now. Barring no canceled games, obviously, but... Everyone's scheduled to play on those I two love days. America, yes, we might have to do an opening day lay. Oh, we're we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get some something rolling. A fifteen legger. <laughs> <Just> so, <laughs> yep, I think so. This is what dreams are made of. So stay tuned. Montana for Sports Lottery is quaking in their boots right now, listening to that. Mm-hmm. They're getting nervous. They're taking out loans. All right, should we move into college basketball? Let's go to hoops. All right, first off, pod play of the day on Monday was Chicago State at Citadel. And we took Citadel with the points. It was three-point favorites. It was a mess up on that pick. We did not do the homework, Gary. Do you know why? No homework was done. Explain to the people, Jer. Chicago State has a guard named Brent Davis, who used to be a Citadel Bulldog. Shout out Jake Vetter for informing me of that. Day late, dollar short. Uh, Citadel, they probably weren't going to cover anyways. They're up one with 10 seconds left. And Brett Davis, Brent Davis, sorry, Goes down the court, puts up a floater, just kisses the top of the basketboard and falls in to bury the Citadel Bulldogs and the pod pick. Shout out JV, though, with the information. Yep, thanks for keeping us honest, JV. Filling us in, we need that. That was classic, how that ended up. 
I mean, like you said, we weren't going to cover anyway, so you just got to love the buzzer beater. Yeah. Also, we didn't do our homework either. Chicago State was two out of their last three, and so they were they were feeling it. They were feeling it. Well, yeah, but they were one and seventeen on road games. I did look into that. I did a little bit of homework. I just did like C plus, not not A plus. That's fair. That's fair. That's all I have to say about that game. But Texas Tech, let's what go. What a game! Best team in the Big Twelve. I knew it. I knew what it. What a game! What a game that was. Iowa State looked like a plate of soup in the second half, and I love it because Texas Tech looked down horrendous in the first half. They looked like they didn't want to be out there when they were down 20. Came out buzzing in like the last five minutes, so they went from the opposite of me saying that they're a 35-minute team to being a five-minute team, the crucial five-minute team. They probably heard the podcast and got fired up about it. Because of that, they won that game. So shout-out Tea time Pod for Texas Tech catching a W. So down 23 with 12 and a half left in the second half. Down 23 points, Jerry. Yep. That is they went from being a 35-minute team to being the last five-minute team. That is absolutely absurd. Yes. Yep. It was crazy. But and we love it. Down three with 54 seconds left. Williams of the Texas Tech Red Raiders gets a steal. He's going down court and turns it over right back. Pickpocket from behind. And right then and there, I'm like, oh, that game's over. But then, So then they foul Iowa State. Iowa State goes down, hits bolts. Now they're up five. And I'm like, now this game's really over. Well, Texas mm-hmm. Tech goes down. They go to get the quick two, gets absolutely blocked. Bad. Sent so bad. They get the offense rebound, kick it out, just a money three in the corner. So now they're down two, and then they cause a turnover off the inbound. Iowa State was in shambles for that 30 seconds. That, oh, <clears throat> yeah, that was a horrible turnover. I don't know what he was doing. What was he was like, he turned doing? around, put the ball in their hands, and then ripped it out and threw it out of bounds. Pretty much. Yeah, it, I mean, it really it was disgusting. Well, Red Raiders yeah. score on that, obviously. Iowa State... Goes down, could not capitalize. I mean, it was disgusting. That it was amazing. Well, no, it was Let's amazing go for Texas. Texas Tech Red Raiders. Iowa State. That Caleb Grill, he was money from the three that night. Right, he finished eight for oh, twelve yeah. with twenty four points. But he was zero for three in OT from three land, and all three of them were not good looks. They were oh, the, prayers. Well, that last, like, yeah, the last. 30 seconds and they're trying to they they're just jacking up complete air balls after air ball it was i don't know if they were purposely trying to miss everything are you talking about the not when they were trying to tie it up yeah 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 that was well yeah because grill takes that one from the parking lot misses badly and then it bounced out to i don't remember who it was holmes it was holmes holmes gets rebound takes a gets a decent look at it misses gets his own rebound follows up yeah. And misses again on a good look. Yeah. They had three chances, one good chance there to tie it or tie it up, yeah. What a game though. Yeah. Electric. I mean, it was a great Mark game. Mark Adams and Texas it Tech. It was awesome. Back. I thought Texas Tech was going to try to Big 12s in danger. I thought the Raiders were going to try to blow it. They went 50% from the stripe in OT, 3 for 6 and it started out mm-hmm. with an 0 for 2, quick one. I was like, "Oh man, this yep. is how it's going to go." I mean, but it just felt like Texas Tech that whole even, you know, that end that, that second half when they're making their comeback, it was like, man, these guys like it was cousin and then they get Mo. in their, the position to like win the games and put them out and they can't and they just like can't seem to like mm-hmm. exactly do that, yep. but they stay there. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Well, cousin Mo made a trip down to Lubbock, Texas, and he was there to stay for the Red Raiders. Got there a little late, but he showed up. Yeah, it looked good. I liked it though. More Big Twelve conference play. Baylor against Texas was a dog good game, fight, yeah. It's always the home team now. Pretty much every game, Monday night, the home team. We're recording this on a Wednesday, and so far tonight, Florida knocked off Tennessee at home. Purdue kicked Penn State's teeth in, which happens. That was at home. 
who else won? There's another team at home I can't think right now. But home teams win. But lucky for teams like Penn State, who I'm very high on, there's no home team in March. It's neutral. There ain't no home team. Let's in talk March. about. Did you watch this Purdue Penn State I game just, tonight? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, Mason Gillis, sixth man of the week. Uh, he decided he was Steph Curry tonight. Comes off the bench, goes nine from twelve from three point land. Couldn't miss. Edie had eighteen as well, of course. Uh, and that's the second time Purdue knocked Penn State by double digits this season. But like I said, do not count Penn State out. They're a good team. They're own four in road games and conference play. They lost to Rutgers too in a humiliating twenty point loss. But they're a good team. They hit threes, and they're going to be a dangerous team in March because you win games in March with guard play and defense. And they've got some of the best guard play. Defense is all right, but keep this team on your radar. I like that. Well, you know what other guards I like that we just briefly mentioned too? Baylor. Keontae George, LJ Cryer, and Adam Flagler. Oh my gosh, Jer. In that Texas game, combined mm-hmm. them for 47 of Baylor's 71. I mean, and they yep. make Keontae tough George's. baskets. Yeah. Tough. Yeah, he, you can test everything tough. at the rim. They are absolute dogs. That Texas Sabar, Serge Barry Rice, is that how you say it, Jer? Mm-hmm. Yep. Coming off the bench, scoring 21 in two straight games against Tennessee and Baylor and shooting five for seven from the field, including four from five from three, is absolutely yep. absurd. Yeah, he's a dog too. Off the bench? Oh. I mean, listen, though, during that broadcast, they did say like every Big 12 team has that six starter, right? They all have that oh, yeah. one they can really lean well, on. Every Big 12 team is legit as it gets. Oh, yeah, right? like through the bench, but they just say like that, like they have six players there that, you know, like they call them like quote unquote six starters. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like th- so, yeah. I mean, we do be blowing our Big 12 horn a lot lately, but I mean, you got to watch well, it. Well, rightfully so. It's watch the best conference in college basketball that I've seen in a long time. It is awesome. Like, all 10 teams in the Big 12 are tournament contending teams, in my opinion. That can be argued, but in my opinion, they're all tournament contending teams. I mean, like I said, West Virginia is going to be there. As far as I'm sure, Texas Tech looks like they can be there. Huh? They need to be there. They need to cause a ruckus in March. (laughs) I love that. And on Tuesday, we had Kansas against Kansas State, 7 versus 8. Redemption. Absolutely. I mean, the, the spread was eight and a half, right? And they were like, oh, that's kind of weird. But, I mean, Kansas blew the doors off of Kansas State. Yeah, it was complete dominance for pretty much all the game. Dejon Harris, which is probably one of my favorite defensive players in all of college basketball, had an offensive game that night, a great offensive game. Had a ton of steals, transition looks. They just looked good all around. Jalen Wilson, of course, was banging threes, getting shots down low. They looked like the reigning national championship. I like that. And what about the Xavier game, Jer? Tonight. <sighs> OT Thriller tonight. OT may or may Thriller. Not have had Xavier minus four. Things may or may not have been getting thrown around my living room. <laughs> what a game. It was a great I, game. I, I didn't get a chance to watch it all because I was traveling. What, what's the breakdown on it? Give me a breakdown. Xavier's up big in the first half, and then I decided to cook dinner when they're up 10, come back out of the kitchen, and it's tied. And from there, it was just a back-and-forth battle. Just great basketball down the stretch. I don't know how many lead changes there were, but... I had to say they're close to 8, 9, maybe even 10. Ends up going to OT. I was pumped because I had Xavier minus 4, and obviously that wasn't going to cash in regular time. So getting sent to OT was huge. And in OT, Xavier's up 5. I think there's 40 seconds left on the clock, and Xavier's moving the ball up the court. They get a pass half court. Someone throws a ball to Jack Nungy, and he pretends like he doesn't see it, doesn't want to catch it. Falls right out of his hands, right into a Providence player, getting an easy transition layup there. Xavier's now up 3, and they almost lost the game. Jared Bynum... 
Providence guard hit a dagger on him last year to win the game at Xavier. Almost did it tonight. Two seconds left on the game. Inbound pass under the hoop. Gets it to in the corner. Fading three. Hits every part of the rim and then pops out. Oh. Xavier ends up winning that game. Oh, It was a great game, though. I love that. Sucks they didn't cover, but it was honestly worth the watch. Yeah. All right, you want to move into bets? Let's do it. Before we get our picks for tomorrow, February 2nd, let's go over the picks for Monday. Jer got on the board, as he said in the introduction. South Dakota State money line moves his record to one and two. And Gary back even money wise. Gary back is to nil. Hot. Norfolk State minus five and a half. They cover against NC Central, moving him to three and zero. And as stated earlier, the Citadel Bulldogs let us down in the first time we pick them for the pod. Pod two and one. But let's move on to our picks for the second. Jer, who do you got? All right, you know I love mid-major basketball. And you know I love Florida Atlantic. However, oh. they're going to the University of Alabama and at Birmingham, however you say that, UAB, the Blazers. I'm taking UAB. It's an even line right now. As I said earlier, home teams are just winning. And I love Florida Atlantic. They're a great team. But UAB is also a solid team. And just that factor of playing home, give them, give them to me money line. I love that. UAB. I absolutely love that. I am going to take... JMU going to Old Dominion at minus one and a half. I like laying the points here. JMU is four out of their last five. They're a little hot. They're blowing teams out of the water. Previous two games win by 13-6 and then beating the crap out of Georgia Southern by 12. Took a loss to Southern Miss at Southern Miss. Not too big of a deal. Old Dominion, too, is three out of their last five. But, well, I don't want to say two, but they are three out of their last five. They just snuck past Coastal by only one, and that's who JMU just put the 13 points on. I like JMU going to Old Dominion at 15-8 and eight and beating them by more than two. So give me that line. What do you okay. think for the pod, Jared? What do you like? Let's discuss. Rice. Not the food. The college. Not the food. What do they land? What do you got they're, yours at? They're given three and a half, and I want to take a money line. They're getting three and a half? Yep. Who they got? Louisiana Tech. At oh, Louisiana yeah, Tech. Ooh. Jer. Rice might have been the greatest team in college basketball for like a week in December. They were on a streak. Should have been in the AP poll, logistically speaking. I like it. Do you? I like you it. You want a money line or you want to take them? No, we got to take them getting three. Hey, we got to take we got to take them getting three. No. Rice Owls. Lock it in. Lock it in, plus three. Also. A better in Indiana. Did you see this, Jer? I don't think so. Turned $1 into $38,000 on a correct score Stop. of two games on Monday. He he predicted the Texas Baylor 76-71 and then the Virginia 67-62. $1 into 39 k That man's acting like he doesn't have a time machine. He knew it was coming. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's like the show that me and T watched where the guy has all the... He's going back to try to stop JFK's assassination, and it's actually James Franco. Oh, yeah, that's a great show. That's a great show. But he has all the scores to all the ga- all the big events, and he goes and gambles on it before. But I think with that, that was a good show, Jer. What do you think? I think so. Yep, let's call it. Well, let's give the trivia answer, even though you said everybody would look it up on Google, which, shout out Harks, he did look it on Google. He did text me it, and then he said, I looked up on Google. Of course. I mean, <laughs> I want, that's, what I, that's what I wanted to do, right? 
Dan Marino was the youngest to play in a Super Bowl at 23 years old and 127 days in Super Bowl 19 against the 49ers. They did lose that Super Bowl. I don't think even our grandpas would have known the answer. Oh, yeah, they would have. Every Dan Marino, come on. Dan, there's so many Dan Marino stands out there, Jer. That's fair. But I want to just do just another trivia. Now, the only person that's going to get this are Washington fans and Randy. So I'm kind of really just testing him to see if he listened to the pod. Shout out, Randy. This Super Bowl is the first Super Bowl where two black quarterbacks will play against each other, start for the teams. But my question is, who was the first black quarterback to play in a Super Bowl? Got any guesses, Jer? No, I don't. You don't have any guesses at all? Uh, No, not off the top of my head. That's fair. I like that you don't have any guesses. We'll see. Let let, let the people look it up again. Yeah. Stay tuned. I'll give you an answer. Come back. This episode, a little short, sweet episode, just covered some hoops and some MLB, little NFL because the GOAT retired. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again Monday. Well, Gary, where are you where are you going this weekend? Oh, I'm going to Mexico. Bring me to Mexico. I forgot to learn my Spanish. I downloaded Duolingo to learn some more Spanish again, try to re-up because I took two years of Spanish. Nope, I totally didn't even sign in. I'm so mad at myself. Hey, you got time on the plane ride. Yeah, maybe I will do that on the plane ride. So with that, I guess, also, I did say you will hear back from us Monday. That's a hope. I plan, hopefully, to bring my stuff. Hopefully, we can record. If not, you might hear from us. Might be skipping the yeah. Monday episode and dropping Thursday or Friday. might be having a little too many Friday. tequilas down there. Too many margaritas. Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in next time to Tea Time Pod. And you might, I might be tuning in from Mexico. Have a weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm.